You are listening to the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast, where we discuss how to find ultimate intimacy in your relationship. We believe that no matter how many years you've been married, you can achieve passion, romance, happiness, and ultimate intimacy at any stage of your life. Join us as we talk to not only marriage experts, but couples just like yourself and people who are just flat out fun. The Ultimate Intimacy Podcast is for couples who have a good relationship but want to make it even better. Hi, and welcome to the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast. We are your hosts, of course, Nick and Amy. And we are here with Dr. Emily Jamia, a certified sex therapist at Revive Therapy and also a licensed marriage and family therapist. And we are so excited to have her on today. Um, and honored. And, and honored as well. Um, we've, we've done a lot of research and, and studying and she just has so much information um, that she's going to be able to share with us today. So we're really excited to have you on. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you both for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Do you want to take a minute and just expand on that? Tell us a little more about yourselves and how you started all of this and your background. Yeah, abs- yeah. absolutely. So um, as you guys mentioned, I work as a marriage and family therapist, and I'm also a licensed professional counselor. I have a private practice based in Houston, Texas. And in addition to doing the private practice, I try to reach the public as much as possible. And so I always love doing podcast interviews like we're doing today. I do a lot of public speaking and go into private groups as well. And I've got online material for people available. And of course, I do a lot on social media. Um, And so, yeah, I I feel very lucky to enjoy what I do so much. And I'm thrilled to share it with your audience today. Oh, we're again, we're so excited to have you and have you share, you know, uh, experiences and and, uh, just your expertise as well. And so, Kind of diving in, we're, we're real excited about the topic today. The topic today is the five sex languages. And we know many of the listeners out there have heard of the five, ling- five love languages. As Amy and I talk about those often, we talk about how, how important it is in a marriage to understand those, those, your spouse's love language. But I'd honestly never heard of the five sex languages. And so, which is why we had you on because you created it. Exactly. I did. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's relatively new. Well, I shouldn't say that because I've actually been working on this project for probably five or six years now. And the, the meat of the work is the same, but it's gone through some different changes in terms of the titling. And, you know, it, it actually, I have to give credit to a couple of my colleagues for helping me come up with the name. There was one of my colleagues out in LA who I shared the work with. And she said, you know, this, this is like the five love languages, but for sex. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Actually, it kind of is. And then fast forward a couple of years, I shared it with another colleague in New York. And he said, you know, you should really title this the five sex languages. And I said, you're right. Okay, I'm going to do it. And so I, I, um, I made a few changes, but overall, the material's the same, and I'm calling it the five sex languages. You know, as you mentioned, a lot of people are familiar with the five love languages, and I, I love that model because it's a framework that makes sense to a lot of yeah. people, and you can mm-hmm. easily go through it. 
and, you know, take a quiz and kind of assess where your strengths are. And I wanted to give people a model for sex that made sense to them um, in a way that maybe they hadn't heard before, because what my model is, it's so much more than communication skills. It's so much more than likes and dislikes. It's really about different ways of communicating sexually with your partner in a way that is meaningful and formulates a really strong bond and connection um, in a way that still keeps sex exciting, especially in long-term monogamous relationships. And so that's what the model is essentially. Well, I love it. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. with the five love languages, if you, if, if you can understand that, um, you know, how your spouse feels loved and implement it and implement it, it, it can change your relationship substantially. And as we know, sex is such an important aspect of bonding and bringing couples closer together. It only makes sense to, you know, kind of apply the same principles, I guess mm-hmm. you could, you could say, and under, better understand what your, your spouse's, you know, sex language is. So um, exactly. Yeah, I think this is this is awesome. So, um, so let's dive in and talk about you know the different sex languages. So number one, you have sensual sensuality, um, which is the language of the body. Um, this describes the degree to which you fully inhabit your body during sex. Learning to tune into each of the five senses enhances the quality of sexual interaction. Um, so, tell dive in a little bit more about how sensual, you know, what sensuality is, I guess you could say, you know, to simplify it and how the five senses are a part of that. Totally. So I think we live in a world today that makes us more disconnected from our bodies than ever before. Um, I think technology is in large part to blame for that. We are multitasking more than ever before, which is so unhealthy. We think that trying that we think that our ability to do three things at one time is a good thing and that we get more done, but that's actually not what the research shows. Productivity goes down and it makes it really hard to concentrate on any one thing. And so you have to ask yourself if you have split attention all day long, how how can you focus a hundred percent on sex when you are naked in bed with another person and more, how can you really inhabit your body so that you fully enjoy all of the sensual pleasures of the sexual experience? And so that's what learning to be more sensual is really about. And with my model, what I do is always start by talking about how to get in touch with each language or quality rather within yourself, how to cultivate it in your relationship and then how to create that sexually. Because I think sometimes just diving headfirst into like what does sensuality mean during Mm -hmm. a sexual experience can feel kind of overwhelming for people. If Mm -hmm. you don't know how to get in touch with your own five senses on your own, you can't really expect to make that jump into sex. And so I always encourage people to practice more sensual, mindful living just in their day-to-day lives. You know, when you're eating a meal, just eat your meal. When you're Mm -hmm. exercising, just exercise and listen to your body. You know, take walks in nature. Try to just do one thing at a time and as much as possible, put the phone down (laughs) so that you can get in touch with those five (laughs) senses. Yeah, because... Sex is a very sensual experience. I mean, you've got the visual, you've got smells, you've got taste, you've got texture. There's just a lot there. And if one of the most common complaints I get from my clients is that they have a hard time focusing during sex, their mind is going a thousand miles a minute. 
And so this is about teaching people how to get back in touch with the body so that they can quiet down the mind for once. I love that you're addressing that because I don't really hear other people really addressing that. But even in our relationship, I mean, I'm not sure too much. Especially for women. Yeah. Especially for women. So, 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 I feel like. So there have been times like we're making love and her phone goes off and she's had a stressful day and she's waiting for some messages to come in. And she's, I, I know that in her mind, if she doesn't see what that is and answer that. So I'm just like, okay, hey, go take care of that. So I love, the, and, and that doesn't happen very often. So don't but, take your phone in the room, number one. Yeah, so I love, <laughs> right. I love that you're talking about that because it, it is so true that technology nowadays, especially, is really probably causing issues in people's sexual intimacy and, and being able, like you said, being able to focus and stay in the moment. Um, yeah. which, which can obviously cause, cause issues between the couples, you know? Yeah. And it's really interesting when I was putting this, you know, part of the model together, I reached back out to one of the first sex therapy supervisors who I had, um, her name's Dr. Ruth Sherman and she was my supervisor about 15 years ago. And at that time she had already retired from the field of sex therapy. So this was really, many people had iPhones, I believe at that time, but it was not like it is today where there's a million apps going off at one time. And, and I asked her, I said, do you remember your clients, you know, 15 plus years ago? Cause she had been a, th- a sex therapist for, you know, 30, 40 years. I said, do you remember them complaining about this inability to focus during sex? And she said, you know, of course I remember people feeling distracted by maybe body image concerns or worried their, their erection wouldn't last or something like that. But she said, not in the way you're describing. And so I really do mm. think that this is a newer issue for couples yeah. and it's a big one. It's something I hear almost every single day. Well, not to get off track, we also know that people are having a lot less sex now because of technology too. So obviously yeah. that distraction. So definitely. Yeah. That's a really good point to me to make though. Like I just feel I always thought in the back of my mind, like, oh, I'm so amazing. I could do three things at once. But it's becoming so hard for me. I've noticed that even the last few years, like running different businesses or whatever, like it's hard to focus at all when your mind is all over the place. And I actually have noticed like less productivity. Like I literally like almost, almost like freeze. Do you know what I mean? So it's interesting if we can find a way to meditate and to take that time to get all rid of all distractions, which sex for women is like, you have to get there mentally totally first. We all know that. So you almost need to take that time to kind of settle your mind down, settle your body down, get rid of all the distractions before you can even start to think about it you know so well i love exactly i love how you talk again about the five senses because those senses can be so important in you know igniting that sexual spark you know and and enjoying oh yeah yeah i mean when you talk to people who are having really great sex and you ask them what makes it great a lot of them will say you know my ability to be present in my body or something Mm -hmm. along those lines i mean sex is and we'll talk about this later there's obviously a really strong emotional element and Mm -hmm. you know through some of the other languages, we'll talk about that, but it's all typically something you're engaging in physically. Yeah. And if you're not connected with all of the physical sensations, it's going to have a negative impact. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Okay. Well, since we're going to move into all those other ones, we'll start with uh, number two, which is curiosity, the language yeah. of the mind. Do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> Definitely. So I think it's so important to maintain a very curious, 
open mind. Again, not just about sex. This is not, you know, my model is not about doing like wild and crazy kinky things. If that's what you are into, great. And I think I talk about that a little bit, you know, trying new things, but this is more introspective about yourself, maintaining a really open mind about who you are as an individual. Um, and of course, also in your relationship, because whether or not we realize it, a lot of us do evolve with time. Sometimes our preferences change, the way we interact sure. with others mm-hmm. changes a little bit. And there's always so much to learn, I think, about ourselves and about our partner. A lot of times we don't even realize how much we're going into a conversation with our partner with our mind made up about how they might think and feel about something or how we might think and feel about something. And so I always encourage people to maintain a kind of a beginner's mind when it comes to approaching themselves and their relationship and ultimately sex. Sometimes, you know, you can create a sense of newness without necessarily having to do something brand new. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have a lot of research that shows that couples who share new experiences together report higher levels of sexual satisfaction and that doing new things together can boost desire if you're kind of in a low, if you're a lower desire partner. And so I think it's really important to tend to the relationship in a way that is open and curious and and really to have a willingness to step outside the box every now and then you know if you are typically a season ticket holder for your local sports team why don't you try checking out the ballet and just see if that's something that you enjoy at the end of the day maybe it isn't but you have shared a new experience together and you've Mm -hmm. stretched yourself a little bit and i think that's what can can ignite the flame for a lot of couples oh so true i mean we've seen that firsthand in our experience i mean that's pretty much the reason we developed the app amy brought home a bedroom game and at first (laughs) everyone everyone's heard this already but at first (laughs) She's like, I need something new. And at first I was a little offended because I was like, hey, wait, isn't what we're doing good enough? And I'm like, wait yeah. a sec, I'm a guy and I'm offended <laughs> over a bedroom game? Like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> wait, she right. wants to try something new? What? So so you're right. As we got creative and we tried different things, we were both comfortable with it. It, it was amazing. Um, it also helped me discover and learn more about her body and what her needs were. And it, it completely you know, changed our sexual intimacy and put it at a whole new level. So I love that you include that as one of the five, you know, mm-hmm. of having, you know, that um, kind of that, that curiosity, trying new things, because it, it truly can make a huge difference. Like, well, and what you said was key that something that you're both comfortable with. Yeah. Number one, that's key. And I think the reason I did that was to open up conversations about, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes trying new, some new things can open up a conversation. So um, when it comes to this language, um, what do you see with couples that are not willing to be open about new things? Like what, how does that affect the marriage? Yeah. So a lot of people end up getting bored. And I think in a person's unwillingness to try new things is usually kind of a complacency. You know, it's so important to maintain a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. And I think a lot of people, when we start talking about trying new things, jump to, oh my God, like I don't want to be tied up and whipped or, you know, they kind of go to the extreme, but you know, if there's one thread that goes through each of my five, my five sex languages, it's 
Um, I draw from a lot of research on flow state and I actually conducted a research study a couple years ago um, on the relationship between flow state and sexual satisfaction. And so for people who don't know, a flow state is the state of mind that you get into when you're engaged in an activity that makes you feel like the rest of the world disappears. It, it, it keeps your focus 100%. You feel fully engaged. You feel alive. You feel like at one with the activity. Mm -hmm. You may have heard like a surfer describe feeling at one with a wave or something yeah. like that. And so we know from flow research that one of the ways to hack a flow state is by doing something that's only 4% greater than your skill set. If it's too far advanced from your skill set, you're going to feel anxious, <laughs> uh -huh. of course. And if it's too far below your skill set, you're going to be bored. Yeah. And uh -huh. so there's this like channel of flow that exists when you're doing something just 4% different. Uh -huh. So that might mean for a lot of couples, just switching up the time of day that you have sex. Uh -huh. It might mean, you know, just trying a different position than you normally do. It might mean, you know, it doesn't have to be anything wild and crazy and it's really important to take baby steps as you're learning new things if if you jump you know from let's say you know no percent to 25 percent, you're going to feel really anxious and For inhibited sure. and it's not going to be very enjoyable and so i think that's really important to keep in mind is is you don't have to stretch yourself too much but mm -hmm. couples who are willing to stretch themselves a little bit tend to be a lot more satisfied i love i love what you're saying i love what you're saying and it makes total sense and i think too sometimes we feel like oh you know, wild and crazy is here and other couples are like, why are, why isn't our relationship like that? Or why aren't we trying these things? And what's great is every relationship's different. Like there's certain things that we have on the app that Amy and I are like, you know, that doesn't really need to be in our relationship. We're satisfied for what we have, mm -hmm. but for other couples, maybe that's something that works and helps them connect. And so I love, I love how you're talking about that, that it, and every relationship, again, what's wild and crazy for one relationship, mm -hmm might be totally a different definition <laughs> yeah. and that's totally exactly. okay it, like you said it's finding that that balance and that connection of what's comfortable mm -hmm. and and what works so and you're right mm -hmm. it might just be changing the location or whatever yeah like it can be right. totally simple I, I mean for me yeah. even just like mm -hmm. going to a hotel or something like mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like oh this is exciting this yeah. is you know Oh yeah, and it might I mean, be something everybody, different. Everybody loves hotels. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's and what... who doesn't want to feel at one and it just like nothing else in the world exists? Like we I all know. want that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So number number three is adaptability, the language of the spirit. So you say having an open mind is one step. Having the courage to make the change is the next. So adaptability yeah. in sex describes the degree to which you and your partner maintain a sense of flexibility in the things you do. Um, maybe expound on this a little bit as to what adapt adaptivity is. Sure. So I, I like to use, people make fun of me because I use so many silly analogies, but I find them to be oh, helpful. I love them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I use a restaurant analogy a lot. So let's say you have a favorite restaurant and you go there because they have the best filet in town and that's what you order every time you go. But one night you arrive and they tell you they have sold out of the filet. Okay. What are the chances you're going to get up and leave the restaurant? hopefully probably, probably pretty low <laughs> yeah. versus maybe look at the menu and see what else sounds good and, and perhaps try something new, right? That's adapting to your circumstances. And we have to have the same mentality when it comes to sex because yeah, 
you know, the sex you have in the honeymoon phase is going to be different than maybe when you're trying to conceive, certainly after having a baby or when you've got elementary school kids or you become empty, empty nesters, you know, or maybe there's a physical limitation let's say you really love doggy style but you tear your acl and you cannot be on your knee Mm -hmm. for six months while you're in rehab like are you just going to stop having sex during that time hopefully no (laughs) hopefully you'll have an adaptability mindset and discover something new a lot of people don't realize how narrow of a sexual script they fall into it's like they discover what works and that's what they fall back on most of the time and people who have too limited of a menu are gonna feel at a loss when maybe something on the menu isn't available to them and that's so important to keep in mind again in long-term relationships because our bodies change you know maybe erections don't come as easily as they used to maybe orgasms are a little bit elusive or we don't lubricate as as easily as we used to there's just a lot that can happen and so it's so important to maintain a lot of flexibility and openness when it comes to having great sex that lasts man you're great you're spot on because i mean i've seen our our adaptability change over our 20 years of marriage um like you're you're exactly right i think that's totally natural especially as the different stages that you're in like you know whether it's you know having like we have older kids at home, so now we have to adapt and change things. And He's always crying about it. He's like, they don't come home till like midnight. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you got to pick another night, but, <laughs> you know. Right. So, yeah, our, our sex life has definitely had to adapt in, in many ways. And so I love how you're hitting on yeah, those things. It's, it's really, just so true. Really important. Yeah. Okay, the next one's vulnerability, which is the language of the heart. We all know what it means to be vulnerable. But do you want to expand yes. on this one? I think sometimes people don't fully understand what okay. it means to be vulnerable. Let's but let maybe... <laughs> Yeah, so what it means to be vulnerable is having the courage to share who you are with another person and doing so, I think, in a really authentic way, um, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of it. And what a lot of people end up doing is reducing sex down to a function of the body. And that's what can make sex feel kind of flat in the long run. It can make it feel like it's just about getting off. It can make it feel really empty. And so it's so important to consider the emotional undercurrent of any sexual experience and to also think about how you can use sex to express yourself emotionally. Um, I talk a lot about you know, finding new meanings and and part of my workshop. And I think, you know, it's thinking about, you know, do we need to make love with one another to heal from something or to celebrate something or just to connect romantically or to get out a little pent up anger, frustration? I mean, there's so much you can use a sexual experience for if you have a partner who's willing to meet you there. Um, And so the emotional component of a sexual experience is so important. And I think a lot of people don't give enough credit to that piece of it. Um, The emotional part is really what makes sex human. It's what makes human sex so magnificent. You know, we have sex for so many reasons other than procreation. We know that. And so I just think a lot of people over time start tuning out their partner emotionally. And this kind of can come back to complacency. I think for some couples, you just kind of where you're living your lives, like two ships passing in the night, everyone has their roles. And maybe it's a 
you know, pretty well oiled machine, but you're just, you've lost that emotional connection. And that's something that everybody needs to tend to. And of course the love languages, for example, I think is a great way Mm -hmm. to maintain that emotional connection, but you always want to think about how you're emotionally expressing yourself during sex. I always give people the homework um, exercise to try to make love with their eyes open, looking at one another the the whole time. You wouldn't believe how hard that is. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, and, and that can be a really good indicator of, you know, how comfortable you are with vulnerability. Now I caveat that with saying sometimes to help, really connect with the body and build arousal. Sometimes closing your eyes can help do that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it can be a, a kind of a good test to see where you are emotionally. We took your test this week and I was laughing half the time. Like you're staring at me. She's, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I right. want to watch and see. She's, you're yeah. just staring in my eyes. Like yeah. it was just so, mm-hmm. yeah, she, it was definitely a test. Cause I'm like, it was weird. I need to like concentrate. I, <laughs> I absolutely love what you're saying. And I've never heard anyone put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. when you're saying there's different reasons and, and sorry, I'm paraphrasing what I understood you, you to say, and you can correct me if you're, I'm wrong, but I think mm-hmm. I heard you say that, um, there's different reasons to have sex and, it's not just a physical thing, and that's so true. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell Amy, hey, I really want to connect with you tonight. She's like, just tell me you want to have sex. And I'm like, I don't, it's not just about sex. Like, I really do want to connect with you. And yeah. it's, I think, I think a lot of women think a guy just wants to have sex. And I, I can only tell you how I feel, and I think most other guys feel this way, that sex is so much more than just an orgasm or a physical act. Like, I sex to me can be a spiritual thing. It can be an emotional thing. It can be a, a physical thing. Of course, like there, there, I love that you said there can be different reasons than wanting that intimacy. And I've never heard anyone say that. And it describes exactly how I feel as a man, because I, there are truly different reasons that I want to be intimate with my wife. And sometimes it's okay to just want to have that, that have sex and some, you know, or that connection or that, whatever, whatever it is. And so that was beautiful what you said and how you said it. Thanks. And you know, you're right. I think a lot of guys do feel like you. I mean, when I get couples in my office and this is especially true for heterosexual couples where maybe the guy's coming in because his desire is higher than Mm -hmm. his wife's or his female partners, you know, a lot of times women have this idea that when their husband is requesting more sex, that it is just about getting off or the physical release, which makes them feel objectified and ultimately turns them off. And when I coach them on how to dialogue differently about that, and they realize that it is not just about physical release, if that is what it was about, the guy could take care of that himself about two minutes, right? I mean, it is about wanting to connect emotionally. And I think this is just one of the myths that's perpetuated about male versus female sexuality that, you know, it's something that men need, but it's not just a physical need that men have. It's, it's a desire for emotional closeness. And so a lot of times just communicating that differently to one's partner can make a world of difference. Yeah. It was just beautiful how you so said true. that. And I'm sitting there inside just like, yes, yes. this is exactly how I feel. <laughs> and uh, so just, yeah. just awesome. So if our, for those who are listening, if they have a really hard time with being vulnerable with their spouse, what is like one, the biggest tip you could give them to just help them to become more vulnerable? 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, again, every language starts with yourself. And in the section I have on vulnerability on my online workshop, a lot of it is about getting really vulnerable, comfortable with your own internal vulnerability before opening up to another person, which kind of falls back into like living authentically and honestly, you know, really being who you truly are. I think a lot of us don't realize that when we're enter when we're entering into a relationship with someone, sometimes we're not showing them all sides of ourselves. And yeah. so first it's about really understanding yourself before opening up to another person. And sometimes it starts with just really simple conversations about, look, this is what's going on with me today. This is a fear that I had. This is something that I celebrated. This is something I felt really insecure about. And, you know, I have like worksheets and, and stuff like that as part of the homework. And so people can check those out. Yeah. That's awesome. Fantastic information. Yeah. Uh, the last one is a Tumen, And I, I really like this one as well. This is the language of the relationship. You say couples who are highly attuned anticipate their partner's needs almost unconsciously. And that, mm. is, that is so true. Um, and amazing. And amazing. Mm -hmm. They are aware of shifts in their partner's energy and nonverbal cues, and they learn to communicate without talking. Attunement brings all other languages together in a way that triggers a feeling of flow and sex. And you've kind of already talked about that. And I, I love that. Like, obviously, we're, we're talking mostly about sex today, but being in tune, you know, anticipating what your partner wants without them even needing to say it. And, you know, yeah. that, that doesn't happen all the time, but I've seen that definitely a lot more in our relationship, um, which absolutely makes a huge difference. Just the flow's a lot better. Um, we're able to stay, I guess, mentally there. Well, and it's interesting um, that you put that after vulnerability because yeah. you have to be vulnerable before you can reach a tune that I, I think. So. Precisely, definitely. And I'm going to go back to my analogies again, but I always envision like a pair of ballroom dancers who've been dancing mm -hmm. together for 10 years. I mean, you watch them and it's like everything appears totally effortless. And it's because, you know, she knows when he just subtly twists his wrist a certain way that that's a signal to her body to respond in a way that maybe they have spent a lot of time rehearsing and practicing. And I think the kind of attunement that I'm describing really only comes about when you've been with someone for a long period of time. You're not going to be really highly attuned with someone who you've only just met because you're still learning each other. You're learning what makes each other tick. Um, and so attunement is something that's built over time. It's something that you have to practice and be patient um, and very aware of as you're growing in your relationship. And so I, I do think it is kind of the culmination of everything. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, just, just awesome. Um, I'm sure we're going to have a ton of listeners that listen to this say, where can we find out more information mm -hmm. on this? Where can we study more on this? Um, where can they go to connect with you if needed, learn more information about the five sex languages and just, you know, dive in Find and become course. educated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. So everything's available on emilyjamia.com. Um, that's E-M-I-L-Y-J-A-M-E-A.com. Um, and there's a tab there for the workshop. And so you can download a free sample and check it out. And I'm happy to give your subscribers, your listeners, a discount code they can use to, Perfect. if they do want to end up taking the whole awesome. workshop, they can use code half off to get 50% off the workshop. Um, and I've got six modules there. There's an introduction and then the five sex languages and then a closing section. And I've got, I think like 35 or 40 
homework exercises that people can do. And it's great, obviously, if you're in a relationship, but I encourage singles to check it out as well, because I think it can do a lot to help you prepare to have your next relationship really be as great as it can be. Um, so there's all of that there. And then I'm on all the social media channels at Dr. Emily Jamia, and I have a podcast as well. It's called the Love and Libido Podcast. And so people Wonderful. can listen to that anywhere podcasts are streamed. Wonderful. Well, um, just thinking about all our followers, we get a lot of emails and messages and it's usually, how do I have the hard conversation? How do I get more vulnerable? How do we talk about sex and make it better? So it just sounds like what you have to offer in this course would be fantastic for anyone that have, just needs to have that conversation and learn more. So yeah, totally. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I really believe in all the material I put in there and it's something my husband mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I, we draw from it all the time, mm -hmm. so it's good stuff. Awesome. We're going to check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and as we say, you know, we built the app for people that have a good marriage, but want to make it even better. And these are tools that you absolutely should use uh, in your marriage to, to take your marriage to the next level. No I mean, matter how long you've been married. Exactly. Yeah. There's always ways yeah. that we can continue to improve our, our relationships, our sex lives together, mm -hmm. our connection. Um, and this, this will be great uh, information and material uh, for you guys to go check out. So thank you again so much for being on the podcast with us today. Uh, tons of amazing information and uh, can't thank you enough. So hopefully we can get you on again. That's right. Thank you. It was a pleasure to join you. Thanks.